Welcome to the I Work For Him podcast. I'm Michael Miracle, producer of the I Work For Him radio program, the voice of the faith and work movement. Our mission is to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. What does that look like in your workplace? Let's find out right now. Hey, you've tuned in to I Work For Him, the mouthpiece for the faith and work movement. We're your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Thanks for being with us today. We have one of my favorite guests on the show today, so I'm excited about that. But I want to remind everybody, the Awaken Podcast Network at awakenpodcastnetwork.com is a place where you can go and find literally dozens, 130 plus and raising all the time, different podcasts that are speaking in different lanes of the faith and work and connecting it all together. And I hope you'll check it out, awakenpodcastnetwork.com. You know, for years, we've focused on living out our faith and our work. We've connected you to resources like ministries, websites, and written materials that will aid you in your search for a deeper relationship with the Lord and His impact on your workplace ministry. In the past, we've brought on David Gibbs III from the National Center for Life and Liberty to tell us about our rights in the workplace for sharing our faith and living out our Christian life in and amongst our work co-workers. Today's show takes a decidedly different turn. In the last 18 months, the civil liberties of the average American citizen have been under attack. For the average American, for, for the average Christian American citizen, the attack has been nuclear. What should we be preparing for? How have our rights been changed, challenged, or destroyed? What has been strengthened and reinforced, and what has eroded and disappeared? David Gibbs III has graciously agreed to come back on, despite his last comment to me as being a dinosaur when I told people to get out a pad and paper. So get your pen and paper ready your iPad, or other digital device, because David's going to be giving you a huge encouragement today, along with some valuable tools and information. you got to have to write it down in some form or another. David Gibbs, welcome back to iWork for him. Hey, Jim, I'm delighted to be with you. And for, you know, the kids that are, uh, you know, 50 and under, and they don't understand what pad and paper is, you know, we'll try to explain it to them. And there's also, you know, pay phones and dinosaurs roaming the earth. But it is always good to be with you, my friend, and to be on your show. And and we have lived through, um, you know, the word unprecedented has probably been overused, but it's so descriptive as to what we have gone through. I mean, if you go back uh, to January a year ago and somebody says there'll be no March Madness, um, most of the churches will be closed at Easter. And oh, by the way, Disney World's going to shut down and everybody's going to be working from home and we're going to turn every parent in America into a homeschooler for a while anyway, um, people would have wanted to institutionalize you. They just said, you've lost your mind. That will never happen in the United States of America. But as we have lived through uh, this whole COVID transition, all of these changes, all of these situations, uh, we have watched where life, work, education, government, the rights of the citizens have really um, changed in an unprecedented and really an unpredicted way. And we have lived through some wild times. Times have changed in America. <laughs> That's like the understatement of the day. Yeah. But, but fun, but fun, a fun statement. Go ahead, Martha. No, I just was to say, okay, there we go. You, I mean, you set that up so well because you've summarized, I think, everybody listening is going, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yep, that's exactly right. And so we get the opportunity today to talk about those rights and what have changed and um, what we as believers, how we should be responding. All right, but before we get into all this, because I know I'm super excited to have the conversation with you. We always enjoy having you on, David. I, this has got to be the sixth or seventh time you've been on the show. I want to find out personally, what have you learned about the Lord in the last 
18 months? What have you experienced in a new depth in your relationship with him? Well, I think there's some things that a lot of folks have um, maybe learned through this time of pandemic and health adjustment. You know, what is really important, you know, all of a sudden the things that, you know, many people live for, you know, the next conference, the next meeting, the next event, the next, and all of a sudden when all of that kind of disappears due to the fact that it's all been shut down and closed and what is really important in your life. Um, we learned a word in um, the whole COVID time period. What is essential? You know, that became the, the big buzzword, essential versus not essential. What's really key and what isn't key? And, and it was a little sad to me as everybody began to evaluate what's really essential versus not essential. Um, and, you know, here we are in the United States. We're a developed country, but like food, pretty essential. You know, most people aren't farmers. We need to get to the grocery store, delivery you know, keeping, you know, houses with electricity and different things are deemed important. And, and we all agree with that. But what was kind of sad to me was culturally, many in our society said, you know what, church, gathering, the gospel, you know, yeah, I'm all for getting it on the internet. But in many in America deemed it as not essential, uh, almost lumped it in with the entertainment, you know, like, a concert, a movie, something that you just go to, you know, kind of a quirky form of entertainment. And so I think for Christians, it forced us to recognize, you know, what is really essential in our lives, you know, what is important, what is key, but then also recognizing that the values of the follower of Jesus, the person of faith, is clearly now becoming more and more counterculture because America as a nation largely said, religious gatherings, church, the work of the church is absolutely, in their opinion, not essential. Mm. Yeah, really having to define that for ourselves and figure out where we stand has been a big part of this last year. So David, talk to us about what the state of the rights for Christians in America are today. Well, I think as you look at what the Supreme Court and the courts have done, you know, really through the whole COVID crisis. And, and we do need to be aware, this is a tsunami that has not yet fully worked its way through the courts. Mm. You know, courts were shut down. And so we're looking at, you know, where are liabilities going to lie? Where are things going to happen? I mean, we are facing, you know, a lot of adjustment. And, and I'll tell you what's on the minds of a lot of people. You know, when do we go back to normal? You know, when's it going to just be <laughs> over? When's it going to be done? And I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but I would like to maybe challenge folks to recognize uh, it's a new normal. It's a new world. Um, you know, I, I use the example, sad example. We had uh, mass shootings. We had the movie theater. We had concert halls. We had churches, houses of worship that were attacked. And, and all of a sudden across America, people began to say, you know what, we need to think about safety and security. And we need to think about how to, you know, protect our public gatherings. And that's the new normal. Some church says, I don't want to worry about that anymore. Well, in today's world, it's irresponsible not to think about how to keep your congregation safe. Right. And public health entered the discourse. You know, I, I grew up in the old era. You know, you don't call in, you crawl in. If you're well enough to dial the phone, get here. And all of a sudden, COVID, it's like, oh, you have the sniffles, stay away. You know, used to sneeze and say, God bless you. Now it's like, murder, away from me. You know, I mean... <laughs> That's You're right. killing me. You know, I mean, we, we, we totally changed our whole 
culture. And so the, the whole dynamic of the unnecessary spread, and, and as believers, we know God's the giver of health, life, um, it's in his hand, but for his grace, any of us don't have our next breath. But the reality is the unnecessary spread of disease, this virus, many things, um, is now in the culture. So whether you're an employer, you know, what duties do you have to your employees versus employees, what liability, responsibility, you know, your, your boss says you have to wear a mask, you don't have to wear a mask, you have to get vaccinated, you don't have to get vaccinated. I mean, we're, we're, we're looking at this tsunami of uncertainty that, um, you know, we haven't seen like a lot of, you know, churches or houses of worship sued, but um, employers are getting sued, public gatherings are getting sued, restaurants are getting sued, nursing homes are getting sued. And nobody quite knows where the liabilities are going to land. And then when it comes to rights, uh, we did watch our Supreme Court basically summarize this, that the government can essentially, in the name of public health, do whatever they want, as long as it looks like they're being fair about it. So if the government says, shut down all the churches, but movie houses can stay open, well, that's not fair right no because, but, it, I mean, but it, in nevada it was shut down all the churches but the casinos are open which is why well, they the went and started holding churches taxes. right and yeah, but, yeah, they, they but then they started taxes. holding yeah, church in the lot, ca- yeah. they started holding church in the casinos they held walmart could be open but the church is gonna be closed so they started holding church in walmart i thought that was fantastic that's just creativeness well and the long story of all that is the supreme court's a no if you're going to let secular, similar secular businesses stay open, you have to let churches stay open. But there was a sad part to this, and and this is where the Supreme Court is kind of divided. Some of the Supreme Court justices said, well, no, religion, First Amendment, it's important, it's our first freedom, we need to give it a little extra protection. But the majority of the Supreme Court said, no, we're going to treat it like everything else. So Basically, instead of super constitutional protection, the concept of fairness is what got handed down. So if you shut down all the businesses, you can shut down the churches. And for many, I think that was a little bit of a a shock. I think there was still in culture some thinking that, and again, this is whether you're Catholic or Baptist or Jewish or whatever religion, that somehow in America, the First Amendment gave religious gatherings a little extra status. And unfortunately, uh, fairness is now the new standard under the Roberts Court. And so that was an adjustment where a lot of people were working through it. Now, from a church perspective, I will say this too. Many pastors and many ministry leaders are facing the challenges of the people in the congregation. Um, The biggest divisions right now are not government actions against employers or against ministries. The biggest uh, issues right now are the people themselves. Well, and you really got... And, and hang on to that idea. The biggest issue being the people themselves. We're talking with David Gibbs III from the National Center for Life and Liberty. Check him out online, ncll.org. And as a Nancy, cll.org. We'll be right back. Let's face it. There's only so much you can accomplish in a day, Right. As a busy leader, countless distractions are vying for your time. And making it harder is that these distractions are often important things, but maybe not the best use of your time or passions. You need help living out your God-given purpose. And thankfully, our friends at Belay offer just that. Belay 
an innovative staffing solution with over 10 years of experience, has successfully matched thousands of organizations with part-time virtual assistants, bookkeepers, and social media strategists. With Belay's help, you can delegate to someone who has the skills to execute faster and more efficiently, leaving you to do what only you can do. Fulfill your purpose and be the faithful steward you are called to be. To learn more, just text 4HIM to 55123. Again, that's the number 4HIM to 55123. Hey, welcome back to I Work Rooms. We're talking today with David Gibbs III from the National Center for Life and Liberty, ncll.org. David's been a many-time guest on I Work For Him. As we talk about the rights of Christ followers as it impacts their work, but we're talking about really what, what rights have eroded over the last several, well, year and a half during the COVID time. David, right before the break, you're talking about that the problem in the churches isn't the churches, it's the people. What do you mean? Well, the issues that employers are facing, the pastors are facing, the managers are facing, is there's really three distinct camps of perspective in the COVID world. And, and I'm being a little uh, extreme here, but let me explain them. Number one are the what I call the very fearful. Okay, these are the folks that are fearful of dying. They're, that they think you can't do enough. I mean, they want double layered masks. They want little bubble suits. They want oxygen tanks. They're, they're at that end. Okay, they, they really feel like, you need to do everything you can. Then you got the other polar opposite end are the people that think this whole thing was a hoax. It was a orchestrated conspiracy to infringe on our liberties. It didn't even exist. There may not even be a virus. And again, I'm being a little extreme here, but you've got total polarity. You've got the very fearful to the cavalier. They don't even think this thing's real. Then the biggest category are the people in the middle. Okay. And they run the gamut a little bit, but they're along the lines of like, well, yeah, it's a virus. And yeah, for some people, it's pretty bad. And we do need to be careful, but we got to make sure that our, our cure isn't worse than the problem and, you know, killing businesses, killing ministry. How do we balance it? And, and those are what, you know, they call themselves the reasonable middle, but they can tip towards either end a little bit. And as you're a business leader, as you're a manager, as you're a pastor, as you're working on these issues, you got all three groups. Yeah. And you sit there and say, okay, we're going to do this. Well, you just immediately ticked off some of them. I mean, <laughs> if you say, you know, we're, we're not going to require masks anymore. Well, your, your, your freedom right-wingers are going to go, oh, finally. You know, all this nonsense. You know, that communist thing around my mouth is gone. And then your people over there that are fearful are like, you're going to kill me? You don't love me anymore? You know what? You know, and so the complexity of perspective. Well, and so it, it's never been an easy job being a pastor though, or a leader of a church. It's, it, I mean, they just found a new topic to, you know, to give them a harassment over. I mean, it, that's always been a really tough job. Well, but here's what I have found, Jim, and at least encouraged the, the leaders to think about is how do you make room for everybody? So if, if you can create, you know, safe space, even employees, if you're a manager, you say, look, if, if you're really very worried, you know, here's going to be a wing of our call center. Here's going to be a wing of our offices. Here's going to be our, you know, COVID, you know, sanitation, mass, you know, everybody's going to, and make it a little more, give the people options. You know, I think where leaders get in trouble is they try to force one perspective on everybody. And if you can balance, mm -hmm. and again, if you don't care, if you say, well, I want to run off all these people, well, you can certainly do it. But most churches and businesses right now are struggling to get employees. They're struggling to keep members. I mean, as I'm looking across the nation, you know, um, you know, big churches, you know, what fellow I was talking with in Pittsburgh, I mean, he's running 4,000, 
they're running 3,000. And, and they're hoping to get it back. And somebody says, well, that's still a really big church. Well, it is, but I mean, there are 1,000 people gone. And that's budget and buildings and perspective. And, and so a lot of congregations are trying to figure out who's coming back. And then what does the, the money look like? You know, some businesses um, have had record profits because expenses were way down, <laughs> electric bills down and travels down. And, you know, and, and then there was a lot of government money getting put into uh, the economy. And that's not sustainable for the long haul. So a lot of people are trying to figure out, you know, what does my budget look like? What does my business, you know, forecasting, predicting, it's all a changing paradigm right now. Uh, but the toughest challenge is uh, for a lot of these uh, business leaders is getting people to want to work. You know, some folks are making more money staying home than they are coming to work. Right. But then also, how do you make them feel safe, protected? You know, what? how do you take those three different camps and run a restaurant? How do you take those three different camps and run a retail establishment mm-hmm. or a church or a vacation Bible school? And And so that is going to be the challenge for leaders going forward you know, giving a certain level of safety and security, but also balancing some reasonableness into it. Mm. All right, so let's drive the conversation back to the workplace. Yeah, so what about the Christian Americans' rights at work? What's been affected there? Well, let's use the word Christian American. hasn't really changed much, okay? Your, your, Your speech rights, your religion rights. But let's jump over to COVID. It's really a health preference. For most people, okay, most people don't go. I have a religious belief not to get vaccinated, or I have a religious belief thou shalt be vaccinated. You know, I mean, it. There are some, okay. I'm not saying there are some religions that have taken, but most evangelicals, it's a health preference, right? I think this is a good idea. I think it helps avoid unnecessary disease. I think it's a bad idea. It might hurt fertility or cause issues in the future. You know, it's a, a, they call it the Agent Orange mindset. You know, they mm-hmm. they slathered those Vietnam vets with Agent Orange to keep mosquitoes off. Seemed like a good idea at the time. We found out it wasn't a good idea. So they're, they're concerned about, you know, what does the long-term effect of these things. But a lot of that deals with preferences. You know, basically, I just would prefer, I'm concerned, I don't feel like I know enough. And there, there's a lot of debate. You know, I mean, we're watching even the administration in Washington you know, almost trying to stifle uh, dissent, you know, websites and social media posts being taken down and other things and saying, you know, we, the government are telling you this. And, uh, and I think that's a little unhealthy, quite honestly, the, the fact that we're watching. A little unhealthy. He's so kind. A little unhealthy. Well, Well, George Orwell wrote about this in 1939. (laughs) I think it's quite unhealthy, actually. He called it. And and the point, the point is, Jim, if, if you'd have said this program is on the dangers of vaccination, which I'm no expert and would not be the one to do that. But if you did that, you could get blocked from social media mm-hmm. sites. I mean, we're living in a world where dealing with some of these um, you know, topics that are not in the approved category, um, we're maybe not moved to China's level, but we're watching more and more censorship where... Uh, the government is deciding, you know, this message is just too dangerous for the American people to hear. And so in that regard, we're seeing some pretty major infringements on free speech and the ability to message as a business. If you're a, uh, let's say you're a natural type doctor and you truly believe with all your passion that there's certain messaging that your business, your practice, your 
professional perspective needs to get out. Um, their rights are being trampled right now. Mm -hmm. uh, that if you are out of sync with the approved messaging, um, let's use an easy example. We have a well, former hey, president hey, of the United on. States. Out of sync with the approved messaging. We're going to come right back with more from David Gibbs III from the National Center for Life and Liberty. We're going to talk about what's it look like to be out of sync with today's messaging. And really, what are your rights as a Jesus follower in your workplace? And your workplace looks different today, but what are your rights? We'll be right back with more on I Work For Him. I know how you can stop wasting 70% of your work week. You heard right. Ask yourself, do you finish your work week feeling like you should have gotten more done? Ever feel like you need to accomplish more to grow your organization but have nothing left to give? We've all been there. But to reclaim 70% of your work week, you need to learn to focus on purpose-driven productivity rather than profits in order to be successful. So we're sharing a free productivity guide from Belay the modern staffing solution with part-time virtual assistants, bookkeepers, and social media strategists. It's a compilation of their most tried and true resources for fulfilling your God-given purpose every week. Just text for him to 55123 to get your free resource and reclaim your purpose today. Again, that's the number 4HIM to 55123. Hey, welcome back to I Work Room. As we talk with David Gibbs III today from the National Center for Life and Liberty. David, you were talking about, it, we're talking about these rights. We're talking about being out of sync with approved messaging. And really, as Christ followers, a lot of what we believe is out of sync today with approved messaging. And a lot of Christ followers, I mean, Jesus came to set us free. And it seems like freedom has been under attack. The freedom of speech, the freedom of expression, um, some of it's gotten out of control. Some freedom of expression is em embraced and some freedom of expression is not embraced. L let's talk about where you were going to go right before the break with being out of sync. But I also really want to review for everybody listening. What are our rights as we live out our faith in our workplaces and in our mission field? Even though that mission field may be different, it may be a Zoom mission field today as opposed to an in-office mission field. I want to make sure we hit that before we're done today. So go back to, to you know, being out of sync. Well, we're watching where, you know, a congressman puts up a message they don't like and they get suspended. Former president of the United States banned from certain social media platforms. So, I mean, this is not just a religious issue. This is a very strong, big tech government censorship model that if you express messaging we don't like, we're going to ban you. So Christians have to be smart. You know, you're going to have to think about how you uh, put your technology messaging out. I mean, there, there's a little fear. Churches got driven to the internet, and now the internet's censoring messages. It's a deadly combination. And we might actually have to go back to a little more person-to-person, house-to-house, friend-to-friend, you know, pick up the phone and talk one person at a time. I mean, it's very efficient uh, for me to go on Fox News and talk to a few million people at the same time. But the reality is there's people, gatekeepers, that can control that. But if I sit down with my friend Jim or Marcia and say, let's have a conversation over coffee at your house or my house and let's talk, um, there's no way for the government to regulate that, ban that, or censor it, and we can talk. And so I do think we're going to have to watch while all technology is you know, being thrust in our lives at ever greater levels. I joke the smartphones are smarter than the people. Uh, let's be careful that we don't lose the one-on-one, -on -one, the conversations, yeah. the ability to talk 
because that is going to be, you know, some of the strongest opportunities to minister. But in terms of your rights in the workplace, if you work for the government, they can't violate your constitutional rights. You have complete protection, um, First Amendment, free speech, freedom of religion. If you're in the private workplace, Wait a minute, now, the gov- is- hang on, hang on. You just get in the steamroll thing. We got to be able to ask the question. So, working <laughs> for the government does that include school workers, people working in the public schools? Yes, public. You just qualified it. Public schools, yes. So it just depends on who owns and operates your school. If you're working for a private Christian school, that would be a different employer. But any government-operated school, um, even charter schools that are funded by the government, there can be a lot of protection and rights that are given to anyone that has a government employer. On the private side, we are watching some deterioration, okay? Um, The Supreme Court uh, came down with a very strong ruling um, expanding Title VII, which is large employers, um, that they basically said we are going to expand the non-discrimination standard that is based on um, sex or gender to um, homosexuality, sexual orientation, uh, transgenderism. And so uh, the large employers, which many of them, the Fortune 100 to 500, have already gone that direction, but many of them are you know, adapting and adjusting. So in that vein, uh, that was a change. Uh, small employers are not under that, just so people understand. If you have 15 or less, um, you can still hire your brother-in-law. You can still pray with your employees. So small businesses are not under these standards. But there's always the uh, shadow effect that occurs when large employers go one direction. The small employers feel pressured to go that way. You know, I feel like now's a really good time for you to tell people, like, they might be thinking about their individual situation and just unsure and feel like their their rights have been taken away. What can they do? Like, where's the best first step that they should take to find out more if this is something that they um, have been inappropriately silenced or kept from doing something? Uh, what resources do you guys have to offer? Or where should they go? Well, if they're comfortable, they're welcome to reach out to us and we'll actually do a pro bono, that means no charge, evaluation of their situation. So if somebody says, here's what happened. Now, they don't have to agree with us, but we will give them the law. They will understand, yes, you have a claim here or no, you really don't. And here's why. And and we'll explain to them what options exist. And then I believe if you give good people good information, they can make good decisions. And they say, okay, my rights are being violated. Well, do I take it to HR? Do I take it to my boss? Do I take it to court? And those are individual choices. Your rights may be violated, but you may not Mm -hmm. decide to pursue a valid claim. And some people don't have a valid claim and still pursue it. So, I mean, it can go both ways. But the point being, um, we're glad to help them evaluate uh, what their rights are. And we always encourage folks three ways. Number one, take the right stand. That'll line up with the law. That'll line up with the facts. Number two, do it the right way, you know. Uh, we're pro-life. We don't uh, blow up buildings, right? That would be violent. and You know, somebody could die. So the rights stand the right way. But this is the challenge. And I, I have to guard against this in my own heart and life. And I know you all do as well. We want to do it with the right spirit mm-hmm. because our spirit is our testimony. And a lot of times people may watch this interview and we'll try to give them a lot of good information. And they may not remember exactly what we said, but they'll remember the spirit of the conversation and a spirit is what uh, will be in your workplace. Uh, Sometimes we call it culture, uh, but the reality is the spirit will stay with people for a long time. 
And so when you take a right stand done the right way with the right spirit, I believe the Lord will bless that. Oh, that's such a great takeaway. It is. David, Martha and I are, you know, we're, we, we travel across the country all the time and we're, and we're seeing, you know, we saw many different ways to approach um, the COVID thing. You know, every, every state line we crossed, it was handled a little bit differently, yet consistently Christ followers who had been extricated from the church during COVID saw opportunities to touch their, to, to really minister to their neighbors because now they were at home way more often in the neighborhood more, way more often there was people that had needs. What are some, what, tell us one great story before we're done for today. One great story of how you saw a believer just stand up and really use this as an advantage for the gospel. Something really cool you've heard. Well, as you look at it, you're absolutely right, Jim. I mean, it, force people to reassess priorities and to think about things and empowered them to do things. Um, you know, I think about the um, folks that are at home that got to know their kids at different levels, got to know their spouses at different levels. Uh, the pastors that, um, you know, lazy pastor syndrome had to end because now all of a sudden you had to do a video. You actually had to reach out to folks, you know, getting everybody all together in one spot. And the pastors that have come to me with testimonies of saying, you know, I actually got to know my people. I got to see where they're at. I got to get involved in their lives. And all of a sudden I'm talking with somebody that I thought I knew and find out somebody on my church board doesn't even know Christ. How did he, well, he was talented, he was smart. And to actually then get to know them at the level where I got to pray and lead one of my board members to Jesus. And he said, technically he shouldn't even been a board member. But getting to know people, and I think sometimes um, breaking through the superficiality, Right. you know, we, we can do the handshake, the hello, but to actually find out where's your heart, where's your spirit, what do you believe? And I think COVID forced everybody to listen a little more than they were used to. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. And there's so much more we could talk about, but we're out of time. I really encourage you to check out David and his team at the National Center for Life and Liberty, ncll.org. David Gibbs III, thanks for being back on I Work For Him. Always my delight. God bless y'all. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field. But ultimately, I I work work for him. him. Did you know that God has a calling on your life? It's true. He's called you to bring Jesus to the world. For some, that may look like a pulpit or a foreign mission field. But for most of us, it looks like a construction site, a cubicle, a hospital, or a classroom. Wherever it is that you work, live, volunteer, and invest, that is your mission field. To learn more about integrating your faith into your work and retirement, check out our books, I Work For Him, She Works For Him, and I Retire For Him by going to iworkforhim.com slash bookstore. Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him podcast with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Please visit iworkforhim.com to learn more about connecting your faith and work, to join the I Work For Him nation, or subscribe to our weekly blog. You can also follow us on social media at I Work For Him to stay up to date and meet our guests. If today's message spoke to you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review will launch more workplace missionaries across America. That's at I Work For Him and online, iworkforhim.com. I work the number four, him.com.